The following is a replay of a live show that aired Tuesday, November 7th at 5 o'clock p.m. The opinions expressed do not reflect the opinions of the University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Hello there, I am Vincent Hesperk, and welcome to another edition of After Further Review on WSWM 91.7 FM Madison. And as always, I am joined by Alex Schuster. Alex, great to see you today. Uh, it's great to see you as well. Uh, I'm doing amazing today. It's weird. Uh, on the daylight savings, normally it's bright and sunny in the studio, but uh, it's, it's feeling a little dark, feeling late. I don't know. But, uh, just a, a slightly different atmosphere in the studio today. Yeah, I feel that. I was so tired last night. I was like, I mean, it's only 11 o'clock. I shouldn't be this totally out of it. And I realize it's basically 12 o'clock. I'm just being forced by my governmental overlords to submit to their new time system. But with that, we'll jump to rate my take, or the two of us bring our takes ahead of time and prepare them to each other for judgment. And uh, we'll flip my key this time. I guess we'll say the groove part will be heads. The other side will be tails. Heads, as always. Uh, it's tails this time. Ooh. So I'm going to elect to... All of you go first again. You did a very good job last time, so... All right. Uh, so my take is that uh, Max Verstappen is just too good at driving, <laughs> and the only way to make Formula One competitive again is to give him some sort of res- restriction or inhibitor uh, that will allow the rest of the field to stay close to him. Uh, so in this past weekend, Red Bull, got, or Max Verstappen specifically, uh, got... A record-extending 17th victory on the season, uh, and that is out of uh, 20 races. So, uh, with two more to go, the lowest uh, win percentage out of races this season he could possibly drop down to is uh, 77.3 percent, which would mean he would have to not finish first in the next two races. Uh, the best all-time is 75 percent. Uh, so he's already guaranteed to have beat that. The best he could do would be 86 percent if he uh, wins the last two as well. And then uh, also throughout the season, he's just broken the longest possible list of records. I don't need to go through all of them, but I'll just read kind of the headlines of everything. So most wins in a season, highest percentage of wins, most consecutive wins, most wins from pole, most consecutive wins from pole, most hat tricks in a season, most points, most podiums, most laps led, most fastest laps, most pit stops in a race by the winner, and the fastest championship win with the largest gap between first and second, all in the same season. So he's just unstoppable. He's inevitable. Uh, he is Max Verstappen, and uh, my possible solutions, I think, uh, are, most of these are, are somewhat sarcastic, uh, but uh, inebriation, uh, some sort of uh, way to <laughs> inhibit him in that sense, um, not going to promote anything there, but... Uh, Seems like you are, but okay. <laughs> blindfolding him, uh, s- steering with his feet instead of his hands, uh, putting him in a Flintstones car so he has to run with his feet yeah. in, instead of actually being able to drive, uh, make him start from last every race. Uh, the other teams get a 15-second head start. Uh, he has to come to a complete stop whenever each team gets to make him just come to a complete stop for three seconds at any point during the race uh, because he does lead by long enough in some races where he could have won even if he did that. <laughs> Not at, like if he, he There was multiple times where he could have come to a complete stop and then still won the race and like just pushed his car across the finish line. He was that far ahead. Um, so uh, another solution is uh, just to make him drive a Williams, uh, which is currently like one of the worst cars on the track yeah he's, he's just too good it, i mean i i don't know if next year's going to be any different but it's just seeing like the absolute uh prime of one of the greatest drivers of all time uh now has the fourth most wins of all time probably gonna end up uh being number one if he can keep up this dominance um and I mean, it, it is awesome to see, but at the same time, it, it's almost become boring where he's just too good, and uh, I, I don't know what can be done about it. So he's like the Durant Warriors of uh, of F1, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a tough one, because it almost feels like, because the numbers, he's clearly incredible. Uh, it, like, you have the best driver in what's, it's in my opinion, which I don't know much, the best vehicle, right? Uh, current, it's not, like, the fastest car of all time or by any means, but compared to the rest of the field at this point, it is. Okay. 
Gosh, I just I don't know what you're, what you're supposed to do because it feels like if I had to make an analogy for it, it feels like if Wilt Chamberlain put up all those numbers and also won the championship every single year. I mean, I, I remember learning about how Kareem Abdul-Jabbar he was legitimately bad for the NBA because he was such a quote unquote boring superstar in terms of just scoring over and over again, super efficient, wins a ton. This almost feels like that, but to an even higher degree. So I'll ask you. Is the F1 ratings, you know how they are at all this year? Uh, it's definitely uh, down by a, a whole lot, and that's, like, the biggest complaint is that, I mean, and the worst part is, is, like, the middle of the field, it's been probably the most competitive uh, Formula One's been in, like, over a decade, but it just doesn't matter because the end goal that everyone's already going for is it's already locked up, and it's yeah. been locked up for a couple weeks. And, I mean, just, like, he is so fascinated, like, he... he does it just out of pure fun like he like he loves the competition and like he thinks driving's fun he doesn't want like any fame or attention he's very like outspoken about like not liking social media being like fairly old-fashioned I mean there's like seemingly not much to dislike about him other than the fact that he is really good. good yeah wow gosh so he's like he's really marked over he's just too much so almost he's just he breaks the sport the ratings are down I mean it's it'd be unfair to limit him, frankly, it'd be like they'd be almost collusion to that point. That being said, I'm all for it at this point because when the game is starting to suffer, that's when you kind of have to step in. And almost, you know, it, there's obviously Verstappen and uh, oh gosh, Red Bull would be rightly furious about manipulating them because they're too good at the sport. I almost think Verstappen might enjoy it, like the way he Ooh, talks. That's about like it's been like it. He, is like such a competitor that he might just like he would obviously be frustrated like having to face like that sort of a challenge but at the same time like I, I feel like he is the type of guy that'd be like all right i don't care i will like find a way to win with any of the things that i lift it off I, I think he might still be able to do it outside of the flintstones car yeah i'm gonna give you an eight on this one i i really like the idea i, I mean the flintstones car definitely helps you some points i would have given you the nine if you would have mentioned mario kart maybe mm-hmm. throw us a couple blue shells at max verstappen during the race to try and slow him down a bit but then again maybe if he gets a mushroom in second place, he can scoot away from the blue shell as it's coming down. But anyways, I, I'm totally with you on this one. I think that if they play their cards right, which I'm not sure is possible, they could brand it as he's just too good. Time to even the playing field. Can he still do it? Like he's passed all our expectations. Can he pass even more? So I think if they lean into it, it could work. I just want them to be like, yeah, this, this, this is banned. Bye bye. And then you just kind of. I, I think the real way to fix it is just to make some sort of rule change where, like, all the strengths of the Red Bull, Red Bull car have to be changed. So they just have to redesign. Yeah, manipulate the rules again. around. Well, th- so F1. that is part of the reason why they, like, Scott, like, Mercedes was leading for the longest period of time with, based on their car, just being better than everyone else's uh, compared to the field. And then they, they made some rule changes and. Uh, Red Bull adapted the best from that, so I think like the only way to like kind of disrupt them is to do the same thing over again. Which is, I mean, it would be just frustrating for the team where it's like basically like you guys are too good. We need to do like something else. What a difficult position for the league. I that's really interesting. I mean, always bringing the quality F one content to after further it's, review. It's is interesting. Nothing I mean, about, like, but it, it is seems like very neat. The the somewhat dumbed down explanation of it, but that I mean. That's kind of what is going on. It was like all the other teams are kind of stuck where like they can try and like poach the guys from Red Bull and like take their like car designers and engineers and like all that sort of stuff, like their their staff and like kind of like pay them to like leave Red Bull basically. But uh, for right now, like they they are at such an advantage and have such a lead on everyone else over the last two seasons that I mean, it's just unimaginable that it doesn't continue again next year. And I mean, one thing I forgot to read from earlier is that in so his lead over second place is uh, larger than Red like Red Bull's previous uh, champion uh, from 2010 scored 256 points as the winner. That's less than the, the gap from Max. <laughs> wow, it almost feels like Barry Bonds. I right? know he was. I think at his best season, it was like he was. So there's the stats OPS, the 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 I guess the in my opinion the best basic one where Barry Bonds was farther away from second place in that department than second place was from last place. This almost feels like that. And I mean Barry Bonds just self destructed because he was old and stuff. But this just feels like if Barry Bonds was that good and super young and had the best coaches and medical staff, 
I feel like you almost got to step in and do something, although I don't, I'm not knowledgeable enough to say what that is. But what – and that's pretty insane that there's actual car companies getting involved in F1. You mentioned Mercedes, and they're all getting cooked by an energy drink company. Like, what a branding job from Red Bull. Well, they – so they do have, like, partnerships with, like, the car companies and everything. But, yeah, it, I mean, for them, like, they're not quite, like, known better for that like aside of everything compared to the energy drink i mean it is that popular but like yeah. it is like one of the most impressive like branding decisions of like them like going into that like extreme sports avenue and then also having like success across like basically everything like the events they put on for like other extreme sports st- oh yeah stuff, their youtube like, page is just yeah. full of people doing insane stunts and it's so. like just really unique like out like different events of like stuff that you probably wouldn't see on like espn or on uh, like mainstream television uh very often but when it is on there it like i i find that to be like some of the most entertaining stuff yeah they know their niche really well so kudos to red bull for destroying the sport of f1 and with that, it's okay if I yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, so usually I do a ton of prep. I get a ton of stats and stuff down, but um, I was kind of caught off guard here. We traded roles for the day. I, I didn't even read my stats, but... Really? Well, yeah, well I, I, no, it's fine. I don't want to list off a bunch of numbers. Oh, well, I quite like numbers <laughs> listings, but I guess we can always save that for another time. But So, yeah, obviously I'm going to talk about the Brewers here. Now, th- there was a lot... I saw that Craig Council on the open market, and I saw a report from Bob Nightingale yesterday that said he's either going Gonna, he's going to decide today whether he's going to sign with the Mets or sign with the Brewers. And I thought, you know what? He's probably going to sign with the Brewers or the, the Mets. They're going to give him more money. David Stearns, uh, former Brewers exec, is now in charge of the Mets. There's just a bigger market, a good opportunity. So, Mr. Council, thank you so much for leading this team for so long. I I, uh, I did a take about a couple, maybe a month ago, about why he's been such a core reason for the Brewers' success. And I was just mentally preparing myself. I mean, no ill will against this guy. Done so much to change the Brewers' And then he went to the Cubs. Uh, that was absolutely stunning. When I first saw the news, I thought it was fake. I had to check like four different sources because it was just completely out of left field. Um, and the reaction has been incredulous because it seems like Brewers fans as a whole have had the same reaction that I have in terms of like, well, I wish him luck wherever he goes. And it's like, what is this guy doing? He's a traitor. So, I, you know, my emotional wave has swept over me, but... I think you can't be too mad at counsel for this one because, yes, this is absolutely heartbreaking. It's unprecedented. Leaving your team is one thing. Leaving for their biggest rivals another. Saying that you are a Milwaukee guy for life in your opening press conference and branding yourself as the hometown guy who wants to lead the team to the championship and then leaving to the biggest rival is a whole other can of worms. That being said... Now the 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 narrative is that the Brewers offered him the highest they offered to make him the highest paid manager in baseball. And that's a good way of kind of making it so like, well, the Brewers tried their best to get him, but that's I feel like that doesn't really do it dividends. Because let's just imagine that Patrick Mahomes is a free agent somehow, and the Chiefs offer him $55 million a year, and he goes someplace else. And they say, well, we offered to make him the highest paid quarterback. But then the other team actually paid him $100 million per year. That's the equivalent of what this is, obviously, to a much smaller scale, where the Brewers offered to pay him, I believe, four and a half, maybe $5 million a year. Cubs offered to pay him $9 million a year. For reference, highest-paid manager last year was Gabe Kapler, was set to make $4 million this year before he was axed by the Giants. So they double his pay. They're giving him a bigger market. They're giving him a platform to succeed. He says he wants a different challenge, and frankly, the Brewers, I will rightfully admit, are a poverty franchise despite my love for them. They don't go out and get the key players. I just feel like you can't get too mad at him for it. And there's a couple notes here. I know the Brewers' owner, Mark Atanasio, had some spicy quotes about he said that well Craig lost the hospitality that Milwaukee brings and we're losing him but he's losing all sorts of stuff from us too and so the Cubs had to fire their old manager David Ross to get counsel and they had all sorts of stuff on social media like thanks for managing Rossi and he was a former player for them he hit a uh, home run in game seven of the World Series and they were like really giving him all sorts of praise before they fired him and Brewers have sent nothing out about Craig Council. Uh, nothing at all, no thank yous, no statements, just kind of this subtle shot for the guy who led them to more playoff appearances than every other manager in the history of Brewers combined. So, frankly, by the way he's being treated right now by everyone, I saw uh, a sign at one of the, that his hometown was vandalized. I, I just think that clearly we're kind of acting like a place that deserves to lose a manager of his caliber. So, Craig Council, I despise you right now, but 
good luck in Chicago. I feel like that is like it's just the natural reaction from a Wisconsin sports fan. Uh, your reaction, not the defacing his house. Uh, that's pretty messed <laughs> up. Uh, Burning the, his house down. Yeah. The natural reaction. No, the, the the just like I'm I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like kind of like I wish you would have stayed, but I kind of understand like why you'd want to go to a bigger market, especially when you're getting paid over double or almost double the money uh, to go there. One question is. Are coaches the same way as players where, like, there might be a little bit of, like, a notch down in their effort level after they get the the big contract? Like, I have no idea. They, they just get satisfied, uh, complacent in the office. I mean... I mean how- that'd be funny to imagine, but I guess you could just do the move where you get the big contract and then you can just get... You can pull a Josh McDaniels and get fired and then get all the guaranteed exactly, money at yeah. the end of the contract. So is, is that what you're hoping for from counsel here? Well, it's, um, are, are it you sure seemed like... It seemed like he was considering taking a year off. So, I don't know, maybe he's not fully in it, but the fact that he's willing to brave... To basically destroy his legacy in Milwaukee kind of shows that he's willing to take on this challenge for quite a while because it's a five-year deal as well. So he's he, he's going to be there, it looks like, for the long haul. And I think that it's, you know, managers don't usually have that big of an impact on a baseball team, certainly not like a football or a basketball coach, but this is a big loss for the Brewers, and it, it hurts bad. I mean, I don't know, like, I, I don't want to use this show as an example because I feel like, I mean, we already do it for free, so we would continue to do it for free, but it would be like, oh, you were thinking about not doing it anymore. Um like, but then someone comes in and is like, I'll give you like a hundred dollars for every show you do. And like, <laughs> pay you to come in and you're like, all right, yeah, like might as well stay around. And then like, maybe not give it the full effort. Like, are you, are you predicting that at all? Or No, it no, seemed like, well, there's been reports unconfirmed, but saying that he actually, this has been like a kind of a side dream for him is to manage the Cubs. They're so close to his home while also being a much wealthier organization than the Brewers. I think he'll have success there. I think the, the fact that they're dumping big money down to manager shows they're also going to dump some big money on some players this offseason. So very kind of terrified what the Cubs are going to look like next year. But, you know, it's easy to talk about loyalty, but and, it's, and I could easily criticize him for that. That I've being said, trying to get you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I talked quite a bit about Minnesota last week. I believe I said that the Mall of America is going bankrupt and they have a poverty school. Actually, I mean, I said that on behalf of our governor, but I was the one who typed the words out there. That being said, if they offered me a full-ride scholarship through grad school, I might have to transfer. It's just the nature of the beast. I love Wisconsin. It's I, I, I certainly not regret my decision to go here, partially because I met you, Alex, just an awesome guy. That being said... I mean, money talks, so. Yeah. And with that, let's get into All right, can I get a grade real quick? Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I mean, I th- it wasn't I, much of a take. But. I, I think that's also an eight. I mean, the emotion and everything, like, I can I even try, like, I can tell that you're, like, frustrated, but at the same time. I had to keep like, it together. Yeah, exactly. I, I tried to give you so many opportunities to be like, no, he's going to suck, like, rooting on his downfall after the fact, or, like, now he's got all of his money, like, left walk, you, like, be a hater, and, and I mean, you, you stayed humble. You, you I mean, it's well, you I, I want to open fan. my I want to open myself up to criticize in future situation people go overboard. Because if I go say that he's a terrible person, then I'm a hypocrite whenever I go after other people. So I need that moral high ground so I can utilize it later to pretend like I'm better than other people when I'm certainly not. I'm just trying to keep it together right now because this was not my reaction when I first found out about it. And I, I do think that that is the right the, the right stance to be at. I mean, I sent you the article immediately, you like did. hoping that I would get like some sort of like blowing up text or no, something like that. No. And it was. Like, just on my knees in a quick trip, single <laughs> tear rolling down my eyes. But that's how it be. And with that, we'll get into what are we calling it? Uh, Badger Sports Update. Uh, we'll come up with a better name next week. But why don't you lead it off for us here, Schuster? Uh, so the men's football team suffered a devastating loss against Indiana this weekend, losing 14-20. to 20. So the Badgers outgained the Hoosiers in total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, and yards per play. Uh, <laughs> but a pair of fumbles, a flurry of penalties, and injury struggles were the story of the day yet again as the Badgers fall to 5-4 and four on the season. Yeah, you said, I think you summed up just about everything we need to talk about. Indiana only averaged 3.6 yards per play. That's hardly anything. I just know that Washington averages just about eight. Uh, I saw that. But you were the one who gave me the stab about the Big Ten West. Do you want to 
I feel like you deserve the credit of reading that one. I don't have it right in front of me, but I'm uh, pretty sure that like the combined scores of like all of the the Big Ten West games from the weekend was less than uh, the USC and uh, Washington game uh, over the weekend. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it, it was terrible. Like the the offense in the Big Ten West has been just. I mean, it's unwatched. It's just yeah. a bad product of football. And the craziest part is like probably some like the, maybe the, the top five ish offenses from from the pack are in the Pac twelve, and many of them coming over to uh, the Big Ten <laughs> next season. So it's going to be interesting how those styles of play match up against each other. I mean, a lot of those teams also have massive struggles on the defensive end, so maybe that it kind of balances out there, but. Uh, yeah. So what you're saying is we're cooked. I, I mean, I, you never know because the USC did lose to Notre Dame based on just Notre Dame's defense dominating them that entire game. So there is the opening for that to happen. But that I it, the the more it trends this way, where our offenses seem to be getting worse and theirs just seem to be getting better and better, um, it's going to be more and more interesting for me uh, to see how they, they match up against each other next year. Another way to look at it is maybe our defenses are just that good that, it, I mean, it's just impossible uh, to run any <laughs> The mental gymnastics yeah. required. Yeah, Maryland's defense is just so elite we can't handle it. <laughs> Oh gosh, I, I like that outlook quite a bit. Got to stay positive. But right now, I think the focus is on just keeping that that uh, that winning record through the decade end of the long yeah. thing alive. Yeah, but but what a switch of expectations. I mean, I th- I think I had higher expectations than you did uh, coming into the season. Well, I thought they'd certainly win the West. Yeah, and even well, like I I think the m- most losses I predicted coming into the season would have been like. Three ish <laughs> max, and I I gotta say I was I was pretty bullish on them, but at the same time, like the way like the, the everything that we've seen on the field is just the, kind of the complete opposite of what we expected. Yeah, well, I and mean, maybe if they win out, they can still get four losses and salvage the year. But if you're losing to Maryland, I don't know how you're gonna handle Nebraska and Minnesota. But we'll find out. It's very excited to watch the games nonetheless, and. Maybe drive myself into agony in the process. And with that, we'll jump to soccer. Men's soccer team, speaking of good news, had their season ended last weekend when the eight-seed Badgers lost to the one-seed Indiana Hoosiers in a 1-2 to two heartbreaker. Wisconsin outshot Indiana 9-5 to five and doubled them in shots on goal, yet were unable to complete the upset. The team finished either 6-5-6 and six overall and 2-2-4 two, two and four in conference. Although the women's team season is not over, their regular season play ended in pure heartbreak as Iowa beat Wisconsin 0-1 to one in the Big Ten Tournament Championship. The loss hurt Wisconsin's national tournament standings, where the team entered the dance as a four-seed. Bucky begins her tournament journey this Friday evening at home. Their opponent, UW-Milwaukee. So, on the bright side, we get ourselves a really fun matchup. But, boy, that was a heartbreaker to watch. Indiana, or not Indiana, Iowa had a losing record in conference. Wound up going on a magical one run through the Big Ten tournament. So, kudos to them. And with that, we'll take it to hockey some good news for once. I'm, you can see my voice pick up a little bit there. I'm trying to stir myself into some optimism here. Coming off of a sweep of that number one ranked Minnesota, Wisconsin faced another daunting task in the form of number three ranked Michigan. An electric home crowd had the privilege of watching an early candidate for a series of the year as both games were absolute instant classics. In game one, Wisconsin was down 3-4 with under five minutes to spare, yet suddenly dropped two goals in less than 30 seconds to stun the Wolverines and send the Cole Center into a frenzy. Wisconsin was able to hang on and take the first game 5-4. Amazingly, game Game two may have been somehow even better. The game appeared destined for overtime with the score tied at one apiece. But senior Matthew DeSantfout called game with 6.5 seconds left to play. 2023 was supposed to be a rebuilding year for Wisconsin, but Coach Mike Hastings has propelled this team to a 9-1 start in a number three national ranking. Speaking of winning, women's hockey team took both games against number 11 ranked St. Cloud State and moved to 12-0 on the year despite being the defending national champion, sporting an undefeated record, and having yet to play in a one-goal game. Wisconsin is currently ranked third in the nation due to their admittedly lax schedule. Thankfully for the Badgers, they'll get the chance to reestablish their number one spot by playing at number two ranked Ohio State next week, Friday and Saturday. Big matchup between, uh, we're taking on the, well, we were the defending champions. We played Ohio State in the final, so fun rematch there. And did you go to any of the men's hockey games? Uh, I went to Center? both of them. Oh, the you weekend. lucky dog. Uh, they were both fantastic games from start to finish. Uh, I was just, wildly impressed with what I saw on the ice. It was my first time going uh, to a game in person this season, and 
I've gone to a couple over the the last three or two years uh, while they were in person uh, while I was in college and um, just a completely different team it looks like um, like so much energy on the team it looks like a lot more confidence ability to score and uh, the our goalie is just amazing I mean especially in that uh, game on Saturday uh, in the first period it, it looked like there was probably like four or five goals or oppor- decent opportunities that they could have gotten a goal on and uh, holding them to one throughout the entire game is just really impressive yeah it wasn't the cleanest win ever a lot of heroics involved but as a wise man once said just win baby and that's what this team has been doing just a privilege to watch so fantastic and just seeing the replay i've watched the replay over and over again where the game winning goals just seeing the entire packed bottom row cold center just erupt there's nothing like that in sports part of why i love it so much and what was it like from your perspective in person uh i mean just the amount of people like my parents have been season ticket holders uh, since 2006. The last year we won yeah. the national championship, and that, like, I remember going to games when I was a kid, and like they'd have like all three levels open, and it would be like mostly full every single game that I would go to. And the last two years have barely seen like a full, like crowded section outside of the student section, um, and then both games is Saturday or Saturday and Friday, like. Every seat that was available was, uh, or the sections that, that were open were pretty much full. And, I mean, that was just great to see. Yeah, I believe it was about 12,000 each game. You hope that number will continue to rise as a team and keeps on knocking wood doing well. But nothing like just seeing a, a once-empty crowd be packed and then seeing that just a jubilation in everyone. With that, we'll jump to basketball. Coming off a 2023 season, that saw Wisconsin men's basketball miss the tournament for the second time since 1980. 98. The Badgers unleashed some frustration on Arkansas State with a season-opening 105-76 win. The Badgers shot a preposterous 65% from the field and dominated inside against their smaller interior opponents. The 105 points was the most ever recorded in the Cole Center. The Badgers will need to bring that same level of play as they take on number 9 Tennessee this Friday at home. Did you catch this game by chance, Alex? I was not able to watch this one. No, I heard about it afterwards. Uh, One of my friends was at the game and immediately was like, just raving every time I've seen him since then he's just been talking about like Badgers basketball is back like, yeah, they were, were awesome. fun like talking about like every like the core of our team like seems like they really gel well together and um, they have like a really great depth as well so just able to defend and shoot the ball really well um excited about the rest of the season that was his report not mine so yeah well i think your friend kind of hit the nail on the head there wisconsin their team that only played about eight ish players last year had 12 players play in the first half yesterday just all sorts of depth uh story coming out of it connor season got folded up it was a kind of a gruesome thing to see in person but then he was on the ground for some time but he was uh stayed on the bench and it looks like he'll be ready to go, thankfully for Tennessee. Glad he avoided anything bad. Because when you see the neck fold like that, your first thought is, oh, my goodness, I hope something tragic didn't happen. And finally, Chucky Hepburn. Looks like, you know, we wanted to see him make that extra step. We talked about last year how he certainly has some struggles on the offensive end, particularly in late-game scenarios. But he was lethal from all parts of the court and just incredible to watch. Led the team was scoring, I believe, a 20, played all sorts of minutes. He could reach that uh, Johnny Davis level. He has it in him. Just got to see if he can unleash it because it's definitely there. And now to women's basketball. Uh, the team opens their season at 6.30 tonight at home against Milwaukee. I'm excited to be there for that game. Coach Mosey's revamped squad played well in their lone scrimmage. will face their first real test against a team that lost by single digits to the Badgers last year. They're playing Milwaukee. Uh, played them close. I just read that. But should be fun to see. And finally, to volleyball. Now, uh, the volleyball team, they're just really good. But we do have some breaking news. Uh, first of all, they beat Purdue 3-1, uh, swept Illinois 3-0. But Coach Sheffield got in some major trouble the other day. And he announced on social media saying, here's a tip, and I hope this helps. Always make sure the sunroof is completely closed before going into the car wash. So it looks like that Coach Sheffield drove through a car wash with his sunroof open. I wish i could have seen that i mean that just sounds like some sort of like early 2000s like daytime movie skit <laughs> but uh yeah i mean 
that unfortunate that happened. Um, yeah, <laughs> you wonder how this will affect the team yeah. moving forward. <laughs> yeah, he's not very active on social media. He doesn't post his own stuff, so that was just so funny to just out of nowhere. By the way, guys, I wonder if he was. I mean, was he just in the vehicle and all of a sudden just? I'll have to. I'll have to attend a post game interview and ask about that because the people deserve to know. This is absolute breaking news. And with that, Alex, we're gonna head to break here, but don't go anywhere. We're gonna talk some bucks uh, and then go over some NFL quarterback rankings. A lot of fun stuff dialed up here on the show. I hope to see you on the other end of the break. Hey Jay, what are you doing? I'm gonna walk. But Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm gonna walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. He really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation, we could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember, you, you can't, can't walk if you're hit, hit by a car. Wise words from a very wise man. Welcome back to After Further Review on WSM 91.7 FM Madison. I'm Vincent Hesburgh here with Alex Schuster, and we'll jump into laundry list where we can't make everything into a segment. Some stuff we want to get off our chests. Alex, I see you got an empty slate here. Is there, well, I, you have an empty list here? Originally, I was going to do something different for my rate, my take, and then I was going to talk about Formula One there. But um, instead, I'm going to flip it around a little bit. Um, I, I kind of want to know what you think about this, the Michigan scandal uh, <laughs> involving Connor Stallions. Um, something like uh, came out today where the Big Ten is supposed to make a decision uh, before the weekend regarding any suspension or anything like that, which, I, I mean, I don't know historically if that's like a normal thing, but um, it, it seems like normally it's something that like you wait on until like off all the evidence comes out after the fact. And uh, I'm assuming this probably means that uh, it's not good news for Michigan and that like they already just have enough evidence to make a decision, uh, which is, is probably going to go against them. Um, but I'm also hoping that they don't uh, suspend them from the college football playoffs this year. I know that's a little bit of a hot take from uh, a Wisconsin fan. Uh, I mean, they are a rival, but at the same time, uh, it would be better for the Big Ten to kind of see them in college, in the college football playoffs, especially with how great of a team they have this year, with or without sign stealing, I, I think they would make for one of the more entertaining matchups in that. Uh, so my hope is kind of that they they don't get that level of suspension or punishment. Yeah, I know Joe Klatt, who's probably the smartest guy in college football, said that there's almost zero chance anything happens this year because. The NCAA can just issue a, a notice of investigation, and Michigan has 90 days to respond to it. So they can basically just send their hand and be like, oh, we're trying to figure out how to process this. And the season ends. Like, okay, investigate us. So we'll see what happens, but I don't think it's going to be anything, at least this year. Hey, what do you think about the, the sign stealing itself? You, like- well, I think it's funny because Klatt said that they could easily just put microphones in the helmets and just solve this entire problem, but the coaches don't want to do that because other coaches are also trying to steal signs as well. <laughs> so it's a fixable problem, but everyone is trying to exploit the problem in their own way. And yeah. you're saying that Michigan took it too far this time. Well, the whole, like, video camera thing is, like, it's just funny. Like, going through, like, I don't know what all is, like, factual and everything, but, like, the stories that are coming out of this are just, like, they did it in the most blatant way possible. <laughs> like, it didn't cover it up at all in that, like, there's, I mean, supposedly even video of him, like, on the, the Central Michigan sideline, like, during a game and, like, all these, like, I don't know if they're conspiracies or if, they're, like, they're, like what actually went down, but it, it seemed like he was not, like, he didn't try to hide this at all uh, or, like, did not do a very good job of covering his tracks. Yeah, I, they're very unapologetic about it, yeah. so it's going to make it extra embarrassing when nothing happens. Yeah. There you go. And I only got one thing this week. Just want to give a shout-out to Dare Agumbawale for stepping in and being the Texans' backup kicker and hitting the eventual game-winning field goal against the Buccaneers the other day. 
Agumba Wally, ex, or I think he's mostly on the Texans roster, more as a locker room guy. He hasn't received a ton of carries, 29 years old, but it just goes to show that good things happen when you're nice to people because I think that his his presence is part of why he's on the team, and he got rewarded with an amazing moment. So that that really brought a smile to my face when I saw that pop up, that that happened. I almost wish I, I know our, our Wisconsin sports group chat was going crazy about it, just out of nowhere. I think the funniest was his, like, fantasy uh, score because he got a field goal, so oh. three <laughs> points, and then as a running back, they don't list his kicking stats on there. So if you go through his stats, it's like zero rushes, uh, zero pass attempts, like zero ever, like any like offensive stats except for kicking, which you can't see. But then it just seems like he was just like three points appeared out of nowhere. That's funny. Yeah, he said that he was certain he'd make it, and he considered doing the Steph Curry look away and like looking at the bench. That'd have been pretty slick, but. I, an amazing moment, nonetheless. As we will jump into Bucks grades, we're kind of sick of talking about the Packers. Uh, I was personally disappointed that they beat the Rams. We'll see if they can go on a run, but I think, as I said last week, the tank job is on. Got to play embarrassing for Marvin Harrison. But what do you think, real quick? Uh, for the Packers game, I mean, I think when you're starting against someone who plays as bad as Rippon did, you, you have to win that game. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad they won it just because it would be like – truly like embarrassing and like um to lose in a situation like that i mean like it it would almost be like they obviously have to be tanking yeah that's no notes there good point all around brett Rippon, just a, a rough game from him unfortunate to see but anyways we're trying to talk about bucks grades uh we're gonna go through and you know we got Big list of players here. Might have missed our final segment again. Looking at the time, I burned way too much time talking about the coach uh, Sheffield's car incident. But yeah, so I've got I think ten names on here. Is going to go down. Talk about how they've done this year. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Bucks as a whole. So we'll start off with Bobby Portis, and I'll go first in this one. I think that it was really interesting because he was a guy who's not known for his defensive uh, validity more knows more more of a scorer off the bench a three-level scorer at that but he was inserted late into the game because of his speed against the nets and wound up being part of why they were able to win that game although you could argue it shouldn't have been that close considering the talent disparity on the floor Uh, by and large i think bobby's been you know somewhat consistent on the year I'd, i'd probably give him a b overall uh, 10 points a game, somewhat efficient, maybe a little bit lacking in that department. Maybe a B-minus, but he's Bobby Portis. Yeah, I, I think a B is good. I mean, like, a lot of the stuff with him is not stuff that shows up in the stat book. I mean, the energy that he brings uh, to the rest of the team. <laughs> Bobby, is, Bobby. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, like, a, just a great culture guy on the team and like you mentioned stepping up defensively this year um a slight regression from his career numbers i mean it's only through six games so far so not too much room to overreact i I don't think he's going to take like any major like scoring leaps or anything like that so i would also give him a b yeah fair enough next up here we're going from a bench to starters just trying to build that tension i guess uh next up malik beasley new acquisition for the team i think quietly impressed with how he's played so far. He had some three-point struggles in previous years, although he's been excellent at times, shooting over 40% uh, from deep on the year. Been solid all around, hitting 556 from inside the arc. So, yeah, just a quality nine points off the bench. Uh, Been starting games. His defense has not been as bad as I expected it to be. So I think that he's a serviceable option as that two shooting guard although we can certainly you know upgrade if we need to i think that's kind of the story with a lot of guys on this team um i had him as a a b minus kind of giving you what you would expect room for some improvement okay. there uh, yeah i want b plus but i respect it and jay crowder i gotta give him an a that's, uh, he's he's been exactly with the bucks and he looks like the guy that we thought he was going to be last year been excellent on defense but Almost more impressive on offense. Obviously, small sample size, but shooting 520 from deep on over four attempts per game, that's good stuff from the veteran. That's something that'll come in handy come playoffs. Yeah, I just hope uh, he keeps it rolling through the rest of the year. I mean, uh, after we gave up, what was it, five second-round picks for Something him? like that. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, pretty uh, demoralizing to see his performance, especially in the playoffs yeah, and not even getting season. used yeah like now it seems like he has finally made his way into the roster found a groove and uh just a great contributor so also an a yeah you said a one through five defender excited to see him the rest of the season and then brooke lopez 
got to give him a C, early season, but got to give him a C. It must feel like you unlock something against New York when he had those seven blocks, but then he was taken out of the game against uh, Brooklyn yesterday because of they got so many fast guards on the floor. So I almost feel like that it's be, he's not being utilized correctly in the defensive scheme. We'll definitely get to that, but... Yeah, just 10 points a game, not super efficient, been not his usual self on the defensive end. Last season ahead of us, but got to go off of what I've seen right now, and that's a C-ish performance. Yeah, I I would also I'm maybe lean a C-plus because I think he's still playing about how well he did last year. The only difference is you don't have Drew Holiday, which makes your life a million times better or easier on defense. Um, and, I mean, he had just historic or not historic for him career-wise it was just personal best yeah best year all across the board a, a pretty big step back numbers wise into this season um I, I still think he has a place on this team but it's tough to find his fit with uh the swap from drew to dame yeah and right now he's being out rebounded by damian lillard so you have a seven footer on the floor i get rebounding's not his specialty but at some point you just got to go up and snack those boards which i'm not for whatever reason he has not been very good with in his career as we'll jump to chris milton i mean he hasn't played a ton of minutes but when he has played he's been pretty solid pretty efficient i'd say he's pretty lethal from the mid-range in particular but only shooting 313 from deep just under 10 points a game in 19 minutes i don't know i gotta give him like a what b minus in this spot still clearly injured but that's kind of alarming to be honest well i i mean Coming off of uh, last season, like I do think he can contribute a little bit more to the offense, but uh, the injuries and everything that has happened in his uh, career, he is still an older player. Um, so, thirty-two years old, coming off uh, multiple injuries, it kind of what you might expect, but um, definitely uh, kind of in that like BC border right there. Yeah, and you can't say it's. Maybe it's what we expected on a minutes restriction, but when you pay a guy over $30 million a year, you don't want to get 10 points per game, has missed a game as well, hasn't been good on the defensive end. And it's, you know, it's part of it is they're trying to ease him back in. It's a new system for everybody, but it's, I mean, they're going to need him to play like his all-star self. They're going to compete this year, and that's not what we've seen so far. Yeah, he, I mean, he has to be like, I wouldn't call it a big three, but he has to be like the third contributor. Yeah, that's in a good point. The scoring department, especially for if we want to make a playoff run. Yeah, I like that point about a big three because Brooke, he's he's incredible, but he's kind of more of a role player. Chris Milton can take over games like he did in that 2021 playoffs at times. And then we'll jump to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now it's all relative. I'm giving him a C right now. Now, he's, he's certainly played very well, 26 points per game um, on pretty decent efficiency, shooting 550 from the field. It's just that, you know, he's taking less shots, and it's just like, well, he's kind of sacrificing. But he hasn't been doing his other stuff as well. Rebounds are down from 11 last year to just 9 right now. Assists down at 5 last year. Now it's just 3. Just hasn't been his usual menacing self on either side of the ball. Has been poor from the free throw line. That being said, it's hard to criticize a guy who's dropping 26, 9, and 3 while also putting up highlight blocks on a nightly basis. So I think the fact I'm giving him a C is kind of a testament to how excellent he's been in his previous years in Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, these the grade is not exactly on the same scale. Otherwise, Giannis would be throwing it way off the yeah, chart. Yeah, well, the campaign is putting up these numbers. That's yeah. an A++++. Plus, 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 plus. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know if I could go a C. I, th- I think I would go a B-. minus. Um, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He's still one of, if not the most dominant player in the NBA and six games into uh, the regular season with the addition of probably the best player he's ever played with in his career. Um, And you got to just see how that's going to work and give them time to kind of mesh together. I'd. I've been kind of disappointed with that, which I, I we will get into of like <laughs> how well those two have played off of each other. I, I expected it to be a lot better uh, in the pick and roll, and it, it almost seems like he's kind of like lost out there sometimes. Where yeah. like he goes to set a pick and just sets it like either like on the wrong side or it's just like very un- nonchalant. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, with the frame that he has, you think you it would just be like a brick wall parked in front of you, but it doesn't seem to be the case. He, 
it, it might be something that he could figure out later in the season. But um, I was th- like, has like is Giannis even really good in in the pick and roll? Like I know him and Chris Middleton. Well, him and Middleton were yeah, lethal. I know. In that it was like the end of games in playoff runs, but like throughout a season, have we really like seen like seen him go to that? Cause I, I can't really I'm, remember. I'm not gonna get. Um, it's too early Brady to Washington judge that. Yeah. He's never a good pick and roll player, but it's definitely been disappointing this year. What, what grade would you give him? Uh, I, I would go B minus. Okay, yeah. uh, that's fair. We're not too far off of those C. Certainly, no. it almost sounds like when you make a Lego ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents and have a hundred, so it sounds like it's cheaper. But yeah, we're just just slapping a C label. Hate to do it. I think yours is probably more fair. Maybe C plus B minus be better for me. And then Dame Lillard. I'm going to give him a, a flat C right now. So he's delivered some incredible performances on the offensive end, namely that first game against uh, the 76ers that had me running around my room. Just incredible. The confidence to pull up from that deep to win a game in crunch time. Uh, 22 points from him just has not been all that efficient, especially from deep. Just 326 from behind the arc. Obviously, that'll change. Hasn't been a super great passer either. Just five assists per game, although more alarmingly, that does lead the team in assists. The big stuff, though, is the defense. And there's a lot. There's the article written by Brad Botkin. Did you see that by chance? I did not. No. Okay, basically, he uses every edge of saying that it's the most disgusting, terrible defense he's ever seen. And he's. I honestly think he has a point. It's been very bad. And you look at how these perimeter plays have matched up against the Bucks. it feels like every single night someone is going nuts, whether it be Brunson, uh, Cam Thomas, Scotty Barnes, just not as much as a, a perimeter play, but Dennis Schroeder certainly was going crazy, Kelly Oubre, Tyree Maxey. It just feels like every matchup the Bucks have had, the perimeter players have feasted. And I really think that uh, there's a. it's not a coincidence. I mean, we've known this about Damian Lillard his entire career that's been – the narrative and what, uh, like the biggest complaint about Damian Lillard, like fantastic score, fantastic in the clutch, can't play a lick of defense. <laughs> uh, he looks like he's in an all star game as soon as uh, his team doesn't have the ball, but then when they do have it, he just takes over and can be one like just completely dominant, unguardable. But you need to be able to play on both. It's not the NFL, like you have to be able to play on both sides of the ball. So it it has been i would say a c, a c i think is fair um it i mean the scoring that first game just that was nuts. just a electric opening uh for the season um the the clutch factor that he had in that game was just i mean you could see instantly why we traded for him and it, to me it made me feel like it was kind of a validating trade right off the bat, but then the games after the fact have really exposed kind of the flaws of that move. Yeah. And I, I still think it's going to work. I still think he's a great player, but we got to find a way to, to pick up for yeah, him. Yeah, I don't regret the end. trade no. still. So I guess I'll leave this up to you. we got five minutes left. Do you want to try and dive into our final segment here, or do you want to save that for next week and talk about Coach Griffin? Uh, sure. Let's talk about. I mean, I don't have that much to say. For me, judging NBA coaches is like the hardest thing. It's easy. It is, yeah. Like in a playoff se- series, it's a little bit easier to do because you see like game to game, like what works against the other team and what doesn't, and then what the coach decides to do in the following game. And if they just keep running into the same problems that they see clearly aren't working in the same lineups and not being able to adjust, that's one thing. But um, in the regular season, I mean especially at the beginning, you're still figuring out your lineup and everything. And for a first-year head coach, I don't think there's really much room to make a judgment. Yeah, I, you can't really afford to learn on the fly. I gave him a, a C-, which I think is kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt, considering how some of these games have gone, most notably the Toronto and, <laughs> and Atlanta games. But we're 4-2, so. Yeah, I well, I think the biggest challenge for him is going to be like figuring out how to maintain that defensive identity because that was like the biggest asset the Bucks had over the past couple years of Giannis and Brooke Lopez dominating interior and then Drew Holiday on the wing and then like just being a lockdown defensive team it it, you don't have to score as much yeah but then now with like they got (laughs) they still get they can't be this bad right from the loss of one player um it's not that surprising because i do think drew holiday is that good on defense but he has to figure out a way to like keep that 
around a little bit. Yeah, some of the Bucks' problems, most notably rebounding, is not due to Drew Holiday. There's, it's bigger than Drew Holiday right now. The problems, and I think, part of that is because of Coach Griffin. That being said, we're six games in. We started two and three. And we won the championship in 2021. So, yeah, I mean, Kelly Oubre did look like he was he ascended. An MVP, play, yeah. MVP player <laughs> against us. So, and yeah. I don't think Dane was on him most of the time no. in that game. And how about this? We'll do a teaser, and we can save the segment for next week. We can each do two of our, or each do one. How does that sound? For a final segment. I, I think that's good. Let's just do one. Okay. I do have to. I, can I start with mine? Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to go over some. So there's a lot of narratives right now in the NBA, and we want to go over some, and then we're going to rank on a scale of one to four uh, on how true we think they are. Of course, we have fancy words. So we'll get to that. So go ahead. All right. So, I mean, this just has to be said. I was wrong about Wemby. Uh, <laughs> I, I made uh, a lot of jokes that I would like to issue an apology for right now in this moment. Um He's really good at basketball. Um, I think it's just time we all bend the knee and admit that uh, he but is. We, how about you bend the knee? We, 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 the rest of us have been on the train since day one. Whoa. I think you were just parked at the station. Yeah, uh, no, I was uh, trying to derail the train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was throwing myself out on the track trying to make it stop, and I, I got ran over immediately. It, uh, it, it, That's a gruesome image. Yeah, well... That that's how good Wemby's been at the beginning of the year. I mean, he, what was it, thirty eight points that he's already yeah against the Suns. Yeah, absolute just dominant. He he will have his own like bad moments like with his frame and everything like that. Like that those concerns are somewhat legitimate, but his athleticism at seven feet and skill with the basketball is ridiculous and i can't wait to see what he he becomes in the rest of his career yeah so our our scale is if we if it's true we're gonna go indubitable if we're kind of sure it could be tenable then dubious as in partially wrong or asinine as completely wrong so you're saying wemby's a is a great player i think that's indubitable right there it's it's clear uh, that right right now that being said chet holmgren's never good the year pick much more efficient i'd say better on the defensive end but yeah wemby is a 19 year old i'm older than him and i i just can't believe i can't process the fact that this guy i'm seeing drop 38 points is younger than i am but yeah i mean i don't need, it's almost unbelievable that, that he's human like the pictures of him and kevin durant playing against each other oh, yeah. were ridiculous like it looked like if you were doing like high quality photos of like two six-year-olds playing in front of like <laughs> the hoop in their front or in the basement with like how tall they are compared to the rim like it looked like they were playing on like a child's hoop yeah and i'll quick throw mine here as we wrap it up it's over for the Grizzlies. One and six right now, bottom of the West. Still no, I mean, Ja returning from suspension is still a long way off. They just have not looked, had the coaching make, the strong coaching makeup that propelled them to the playoffs last year. It's like they haven't gotten over getting cooked by the Lakers in the aftermath that followed. Losing Steven Adams was rough. I can keep going on and on. I just think that it's over for them. What, what would you rank that one as I got to give an abbreviated take? I think that's tenable. Based on is it for this season? Because this season, this is season, over. that's indubitable. That's that. Oh, that, you're throwing the towel. It's that, over for it's, Memphis. It's over for Memphis. Awesome. I, I mean, it's too long of a, a time period before they come back. But yeah, we'll find out. Excited to follow it the rest of the way. But oh man, I'm actually cheering against the Grizzlies. And with that, that'll do it for after further review. I'm Vincent Hesperick with Alex Schuster. The starting five is coming up. Although there's only two people on the show, so once again they struggle to do math. But excited to listen nonetheless. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. They just flipped it around, had it backwards.